Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome to episode 58 of the Gather Moms podcast. We're so glad you're with us. We are continuing our Christmas series as we are in the month of December and all things Christmas are happening. All things Christmas are happening. Yes. You know what? I feel like people are wondering how the Christmas showdown is going. Well, yes. Hey, did you like in the last episode? Did you like my little uh, music that I put in? Oh my gosh, the music was awesome. (laughs) I don't know if the listeners know this, but after we record this, Kate takes it to upload onto the computer. So when I listen to it, I don't know what she's done to it. So sometimes (laughs) it's kind of like, that's new and fun. I loved it. I thought the music was genius. So listen, the the showdown has been good for me because it's accountability. Because there have been multiple nights where I've gotten in the bed and I'm about to go to sleep and I'm like, oh. I did not move that star. You have not even let on. You haven't. I'm amazed. I oh, feel I'm like so you're like sure. on your game every single time. No, when I tag you on Instagram, I'm like, okay, this is night 500,021.10 of moving this tadcup star. I do want to say it feels very doable on day one. <laughs> yes, but then you get 10 days in and you're like, row, row, we are not even half way. Okay, so listen, if you follow me on social media, you might have seen... That I had an elf fail. Oh, poor Coco. And I have all the excuses. I mean, I could win it if we were in a court. I feel like the judge would totally <laughs> take my side. I do. I think the jury would feel for me, and they would be like, yes, you're not guilty. Tell us, argue your case. My son got the stomach bug. Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with throw up, the last thing you're thinking about is a dang elf. Yes. No, I honestly, I think that's very valid. But let me tell you something. So, oh, I don't know if I should admit to this. But so I was driving back. I was on 45 for four hours. Okay. I'm on a straight highway, guys. It's it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, But then there was a wreck. So I was sitting there. We were going, you know, very, very slow. Basically weren't moving for a minute. So I opened my socials while I'm driving. So do what you want with this. <laughs> if you have to judge me, go ahead. It's fine. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I open Instagram and the first thing I see is your post where you say that Coco didn't move. Uh-huh. And I was like, I commented, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> does this mean that I won? I immediately tried to FaceTime you because I needed like, what? Did I win? Okay, <laughs> listen, I had such inner turmoil on whether to confess <laughs> because moms, nobody would know right no nobody would know nobody would know no it's the honor system but the holy spirit (laughs) which i don't know if he cares about the elf but he cares about truth (laughs) he said you're gonna have to tell him so i just did it i ripped the band-aid i'm proud of you i just did it straight off the bat there were tears in my house from the small child Oh. That's how I woke up Saturday morning was a child next to my bed crying. Coco didn't move. Oh. I mean, that's not how you want to wake up. So you already got your punishment. Oh, the punishment. No doubt. <laughs> then you can't go back to sleep because in my mind, I'm like, I lost. <laughs> so then I am tormented. So I got to get up and I was like, rip the bandaid, confess to the, to the world that you have elf failed. But then I have this child. Yeah. That like the magic 
Who yeah. knew the magic could be sucked out so quickly? Well, poor, here's what I was thinking. I was wondering, because he was in the shoe, right? Yes. And I was wondering if you could, like, t- do some twist of, like, your shoes were too stinky. He for- he fell into a trance, and he just couldn't get out of there. That would be a lie, Kate. <laughs> that would be a lie. It would. It would be a lie. The whole thing is a lie, Rebecca. The whole thing is a lie. Okay, but that part of the lie was acceptable, but... <laughs> For me to lie about why he didn't move, that would have been unacceptable. Okay. okay, but here's what's so fun. So we had to go to a basketball game, and I texted Greg after we left because he stayed home with the sick kid, and I said, you have to move the elf. Oh, uh-huh. Because we have got to redeem yeah. Coco. Yeah. And this man came up with the cutest Did he? elf thing and made it so fun. I posted that on social media, too. And I was like, listen, if for no other reason than the fact that my husband, who I've told y'all before on Christmas morning, will not know what is in those packages. Yeah. Because I have done it all. Got to be involved in the I elf. love that. I feel like I saw it. What did he do? He put Coco with all of Abby's stuffed animals on her dresser. And they were watching a Christmas movie <laughs> on her iPod. <laughs> it was so cute. That's adorable. It was adorable. So hilariously, so I was out of town for a couple of days um, for work. And then I went to go check on my mama. And um, I had told my middle child before I left, I was like, you're you're going to be the magic while I'm gone. You know, you're in Which charge. Which I don't know if that was in the rules, like the fine print, if you're allowed to have somebody else move you know, exactly. the thing. I'm just saying. Right. You know, but then who can do not go out of town? I don't know. Well, maybe you need to center your life around the star, <laughs> Kate. Maybe you do. I'm just saying. So my husband was so good because he texted me the first night I was gone, and he was like, okay, what do we do with this thing? You know, like he's on board. He was on the team. (laughs) Jeremy's competitive, too, so he probably was like, beat Rebecca. Yeah, he was on the team. He knew, you know. That's hilarious. Yeah, so anyway. I love uh, that our husband get involved with it, though. I think that's fun. I know. No, I really did think it was kind of iffy that I wasn't the one moving it. So I could be disqualified, too. It's all right. It's all right. Listen, I have confessed my sin before the world. I feel so good. Man, I can I can come before the Lord and be like, yes, I am clean before you. Okay, I am good. But listen, we're going to keep going because it wasn't just about the showdown. No, I can't just quit the magic. Right. Sorry, Coco. Didn't yeah. move. We out. <laughs> no, I can't do that. But because of this little blip, we have something so fun planned, and we're going to be announcing that soon. Um, Rebecca will be doing her caroling, and there's going to be a treat for some moms, um, some of our listeners. You people know I love costumes. So I'm down. Let's do it. We're about to do something really fun. So stay tuned on socials to see what is going to happen. It's going to be fabulous. Thanks for playing along. And keep playing along because, Kate, you have to keep moving that star. (laughs) You're not done. No, I'm in it. You're not done. I'm still tagging you. I did it yesterday. I know I don't tag you every time. It's fine. I I know you're watching me. Yeah, I'm watching her. I know Santa's watching. I'm watching. So it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to continue our Christmas series today. Last week on our episode, we got to talk about whether or not Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem alone. And I love, we posted it on social. We got some fun responses from you guys. Thanks for playing along with us. I feel like we swayed people to our side. I feel like they were like, maybe, okay, I don't know that they were alone. For sure, because the vote, we had a vote on it, you know, if they traveled alone or with people. And I think all of us, when you kind of just start thinking about it, like, it just makes sense. That yes. They probably weren't by yes. themselves. So we're going to move on in the Christmas story today, and I've got some more curious questions for us as we look at um, the birth of Jesus. First of all, though, I have two favorite characters in the Bible, Moses and Mary. Oh. Would you have picked those two for me? No, 
Well, you know what? Okay, let me tell you. I know you love Moses. I heard you teach on Moses one I love time. Moses. And it was so good. So I could see that. Um, and yeah, I can see you loving Mary. Sure. Great. Okay. So Moses, I love Moses because I feel like he's completely relatable to moms. Yes. Because he didn't get to go in the promised land. Yeah. I feel like as moms, that happens to us all the time. Uh-huh. Right? You take your kids to the movies, but you don't get to watch the movie. Because you're busy taking care of everybody's popcorn, going to the bathroom, I ran out of drink. Yeah. I feel like we live with a lot of ungrateful people in our houses, Uh just as Moses lived with ungrateful people in the wilderness. Yes, all the whining and complaining. Where's my food? Where's my drink? All we're trying to do is take care of these people. Yes. Come on. I'm doing all the work here. Yeah. So I just feel like in heaven, Moses and I are going to have a good old hug. Yes. Hug you, Moses. He gets it. I get you. Moses knows what it is to be a mama. I love it. And then Mary, because I was a girls minister for so many years, I love teenage girls. And that was Mary. And I just am like, oh, I just am so proud of her. I'm so honored for what she did. I'm so humbled by her. I just love her. I just think she's amazing. So my heart just goes out to Mary. Um, But I wish we knew more about her. I want to know if she had brothers and sisters. I want to know if she was the oldest child in her family. I want to know, was she an introvert or was she like bold? Was she an extrovert? Was she talkative? I just have so many curious questions about who she was. So first of all, let's talk about what we do know about Mary. So what we know about Mary is, first of all, she was of the line of David. So both she and Moses came from the line of David. And in my research, I found out that David had a bunch of sons, but two of his sons were Nathan and Solomon. Mm -hmm. Mary actually came from Nathan's line, and Joseph actually came from Solomon's line. So they were both of the line of David. Okay. Hey, just a second ago, you said Mary and Moses were both from the line of David. Uh, that'd be Joseph. I figured, and I'm sure our listeners figured it out too. But I just wanted to just take a minute and go skirt. Where I wonder where what's Moses's line? Okay, yeah. we're gonna research that too. So she lived in Nazareth, which is where Joseph lived, and Nazareth was a very poor town, so there was nothing fancy or fabulous about it. And that really goes along with Scripture, where it talks about that Jesus came from humble means, and there was nothing about him that would have drawn us to him. There's nothing about Nazareth that would have drawn us to Nazareth. It was not New York. It was not L.A. Not Jerusalem. No, no. It was just Nazareth. She was a virgin. It tells us um, in the Old Testament that the Son of God would come to a virgin, Um, And she was, and she was betrothed to Joseph, and she was probably between the ages of 12 and 15, which, like, part of my heart just catches when you say that. Oh, of course. That's so young. Yes. I mean, I have a 12-year-old boy in my house. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I just can't even imagine. But things were different back then. Yeah. And so, you know, you got married early, and that's what you did, and... Um, I have to believe that there was some maturity differences, don't you think, with the teenagers of first century... um, and, and our teenagers today, yeah, I mean, they had to grow up so fast because they were already taking care of houses and younger brothers and sisters and working the land and their parents' business. I mean, you just didn't have, there were no video games to just hang out and do nothing. No, and it wasn't about individualization where it was like, this is my life. I'm going to chart my own path. No, you were part of a system, <laughs> a community. We already figured out your path. Exactly. And here's the path. Yeah. Yes. One interesting thing that I read, though, when I was um, looking up just, you know, the role of women in that time was that usually the woman was the one that arranged the marriage. Really? Yes. Like the mom? The mom. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. It it almost like warms my heart to think that Mary's mom picked Joseph. Yeah. You know, that she saw something in him for her daughter that she thought, I hope. Yeah. I mean, I know that there were, you know, arranged marriages for other reasons, but that maybe there was something sweet in this man that she picked for her daughter. I think sure. that's really special. Yeah. What if we had to do that today? What if you had to pick the marriages for your kids? Oh, I would do great. I would kill that. <laughs> I'm serious. 
I would do a whole, it would be like a, a bachelorette situation or whatever. I'd be like, okay, we're going to have these contests. We're going to have some dates. Oh, you people going to have to work to yeah. win the heart of my Show son. Show me your talent. Show me your bank account. Show me your family history. Like, we're going to do it all. Yes. That is so funny. <laughs> because I already, I told Greg the other day, like when I would teach Bible studies and stuff as a girls pastor, there were just certain girls that, like, I just almost felt like the light of the Lord just, like, shone on them. There yes. was just something about them that was so tender and sweet. Uh-huh. I already have the girls picked. Yeah. Like, if I had to pick them today, I got it. Oh, good for you. Oh, yeah, we done. I'm ready. Okay. I know. Good. But I'm not going to make them have a contest. <laughs> Kate, over here, like, can you sew? Cook me something. Let's see how you do. You're going to take care of them. I'm going to put them in some stressful situations, see how they see how they do. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to go through the gauntlet. Uh, Listen, I need you to go live in the backyard in a tent for three days Uh and find your own food. We'll see how you do. Yeah. Survivor. Yeah, you get Survivor Kate style. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the other thing that I think when we think about Mary from the Bible, I just think based on um, Bible stories and movies leading up to this time, we so revere Mary. Uh Like, she had to be the most amazing person in order for God to choose her uh-huh. to be the mother of Jesus. And I feel like for some of us, it feels very unrelatable. Uh-huh. Like there's no way that I could be like her because she had to be so amazing. And I agree that she was amazing, but I found this interesting. So when you look in the in the book of Luke, when Gabriel the angel visits her to say that she's going to be the mother of Jesus, he says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And when you hear that word favored, to me, it's like, you got picked. Yeah. You're the one. You won Kate's contest. Yeah. yeah. You survived. You're the best. But the word favored in the Greek actually uh, is the word charis, which means grace or kindness. Mm -hmm. And so really he's saying greetings, grace to you. The Lord is with you. And what that means, what that idea of grace and kindness is the idea that God is freely extending himself to us, his people. He's giving us his grace and his kindness because he loves us. And so we always assume that when the angel says this to Mary, it's because she's so special, like she's more holy than everybody else, or she made more good choices. But really what he's saying to her is the same thing the angel could say to us. That's right. He could come to us and say, greetings, O favored one. Yes. The Lord is with you. Yes. And I don't want to say that in a way that um, like lowers the value of Mary because she's amazing. But I just, I every time you read scripture, I feel like God continually reminds us that he picks people not because they're so great, but because he's so great. That's right. The, the remarkable thing about Mary was her remarkable God, you know, and I think that is so telling and I you know, I do think we can look at the life of Mary and see so many wonderful things and things we want to emulate and things that encourage us. Um, but, you know, kind of like you're mentioning here, we can get carried away with it where we make too much of her when really this is all about making much of God and her God. And she, I honestly don't think she would have wanted that. You know, she was not looking to be in the spotlight or looking to get applause or praise, right? Right. Um, She knew her God. She was humble. And, you know, the good things about her were because of God. And that's true for every one of us. Anything good about me is because I have a good father, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think that's so good for us to stop and remember in this season that God has shown us incredible kindness too. And God has picked us. Mm -hmm. He's picked you, Mama, for an incredible assignment 
alignment for you to be the mom to your kids. Yeah. For you to go through the things that you've gone through, for you to have the story that you have. Yeah. And any one of us have been chosen by God to do great things. So Mary is obviously amazing, but just like Kate said, it's because we have an amazing God. Yes. And so I love that. That's such a good reminder. I also want to um, draw attention to how she responds because I also think that we automatically think that Mary was like, awesome, yes, <laughs> I'm in. I've always wanted to be the mother of Jesus. <laughs> this is what I was dreaming about since I was four, you know. But that's not her initial response. And Luke one twenty nine, it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the Greek word for troubled there actually means to agitate greatly intensely going back and forth between inner thoughts and emotions oh she was struggling well can you imagine i would be thinking like i think i've lost my mind like i think is this there's like an angelic being speaking to me is this real what in the world like i've read about these prophecies so i know that this is a thing yes but surely like this isn't for me like wake up like trying to pinch myself like wake up yes you're losing your mind yes it, the same way that any of us would respond, we yes. would feel like we're losing our mind too. Yeah. We would be like agitated intensely. Yes. I mean, like I get agitated for a lot of reasons during the day, but this is different. This is, oh my goodness, what is happening? How can I, how can this be? And that's what she says. She actually says that. How is this going to work? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a virgin. And so, and I'm like, yes, girl, ask the question. That's yes. what I'd be asking too. What in the world? Well, and I think of, I can think of several moments in my life where I looked at God and say, how is this going to work? Yes. You know? Yes. Where I knew he was calling me to something and I said, what? And you doubt. Yes. Am I hearing God? Yes. Is this myself? You know, like if I've been sniffing something, you know, and you say, God, like how how is this going to work? Yes. Are, are you sure? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's exactly how she responded to She responded in the same way that we would. And she does say, she says, how can this be? And then she says, let it be to me according to your word. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we sometimes do as well. Like you get to the end of that conversation with God where you have no idea how it's actually going to work. And then you're like, okay, God, if this is what you say, then go ahead with it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. But then that's where we see that she actually goes to visit Elizabeth right after this experience with the angel. And we talked about last week on the podcast that it gave her several days of travel to just ponder, to remember, to maybe think on those Old Testament prophecies, to ask those questions in her heart of the Lord, to, was I doubting? Was it a dream? Was it real? She had several days to really turn that over in her mind and come to a place where she um, received what the Lord had for her, and that's where we find her Mary's Magnificat. Yes. And so the Magnificat is given once she visits Elizabeth, Elizabeth acknowledges that she's carrying baby Jesus. I love that moment in scripture because to me, it's exactly what Mary needed to hear. Yeah. Somebody celebrate her, somebody be excited, somebody um, confirm to her what the Lord had told her. And then we see Mary quote back to God, Old Testament scripture Mm -hmm. that she had read and known, just like what you said, Kate. And I remember you taught a Bible study one time about Hannah, where you talked about a lot of Mary's Magnificat matched up with what Hannah prayed as well. Yeah. When she left Samuel at the temple, you know, and this prayer she gave of surrender, you know, and actually of praise. You know, we studied Hannah when we did the Mamas of the Bible and Hannah has this three-year-old that she knew when she had him that she was going to give him back to God. And then she goes back and she is going to leave this toddler with this priest to be raised. And you think that, you know, when she has this moment with the priest that 
it would be this turmoil and angst and pain. And, you know, I'm sure there was pain. Um, but this this prayer that she has in the moment when she surrenders her son is actually a praise to God because she sees God's faithfulness, his goodness. She trusts him. She is emulating what Mary will say hundreds, if not, I don't know how, how much longer it will be later. God, I want to walk in your will. Let it be as you have said. You know, I trust you in this. And then you see Mary repeat the words that Hannah said in this next moment of surrender. And it's what she did. She praised God for the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies and that he was going to send this Savior to the earth to do what these people had longed for for so long. And I really think it's a beautiful moment for us to see Mary go, okay, I want what you want. And yes, I have no idea how this is going to go down because she's still very early in her pregnancy. She has no idea what the next nine months hold for her. But she surrenders herself to the Lord and says, yes, God, let's do this. I think that's just so beautiful. I agree. And I can honestly say, I think our minds tend to think that when we surrender something to the God, to God, it's going to be painful and hurt. And, and there are, there is a little bit of that, but I can honestly testify that in my life, the moments when I have truly handed something over to the Lord, my heart has resulted in praise because you're, you're actually relieving a burden of your own control, of your own way. And I don't know. I don't hold the future. I don't know what's going to happen. And there is this praise that comes out of you when you go, okay, yes. I trust you. I see you. You've got this. Yes, yes. So I just think we can all relate with Mary. I really feel like um, she was an... I hate to say normal, but she was. She was just a yeah. normal girl in yes. that time period that grew up in a family with a mom and dad and probably brothers and sisters that had dreams for her marriage too, that wanted to be loved and to love back and was chosen for this incredible task that God had to equip her for. She did not have all of that she needed inside of her to do this job. She needed the Holy Spirit and the God of the universe to equip her to be the mother to our Lord and Savior Jesus. Exactly, and that's why God chose her and chose Joseph and chose Nazareth because he chose the lowly things, you know, to shame the the, the wise. The wise, yes. right? And so we can, we know that certainly there was nothing remarkable about her because mm. that was part of God's plan. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And how great that God continues to choose us. Hundreds and thousands of years later, he yes. is still choosing us to do his work and to bring his name to this earth. Mama, he has chosen you for that. Yeah. Oh, that's just so humbling when I think about that. Well, and I love that because, you know, shame on me for my little test for my son because it's really, you know, it's nothing about the pedigree, yes. right? Yes. And, and God didn't choose me to be a mama based on my... <clears throat> My family history, yes, or how I would do in a competition, yes. or yes. my talents. He didn't. Yes, he chose me because that was his will, and yes. he wanted to show the world, "Hey, I'm going to pick this girl that you know does not come from a perfect family and doesn't have it all together, and I'm going to use that to show myself off because it's going to be me." And that's what gives him the glory yeah. because it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with him. Yeah. So as I think about this, just some questions that come to my mind. I'm so curious. Who was the first person that Mary told after the angel visited her? Mm. Like, don't you think she wanted to tell somebody? Yeah. Or maybe she did it. I don't know. Yeah. Who did she tell? Um, who traveled with her to visit Elizabeth? Right. I just want to believe it was her mom. I just know <laughs> her mama was like, I'm coming. Let's go. <laughs> because, again, I think about, did anybody even know that Elizabeth was pregnant? Yeah. Until the angel told Mary. So maybe Mary was like, Mom, Elizabeth's pregnant. Let's go visit her. Yeah. 
Um, did she worry like all of us did early in our pregnancies? Like, am I really still pregnant? Uh-huh. Am I eating the right thing? Did I lift too much? Am I supposed to just sit? Do I need to sleep some more? Am I am I laying on my stomach too much? Do I lay on my back? Like all the things we thought about, right? Uh-huh. Don't you wonder if she had all those questions too? Yes, and she couldn't, you know, I bought seven pregnancy tests with my first Oh baby. my goodness. <laughs> She yes. couldn't do that. No, because I kept being like, am I really, am I really pregnant? You yes. know? And eventually Jeremy was like, Kate, you are peeing on money. Just go get a $20 <laughs> bill, put it in the potty, put some TT on it. If only that's what you had known the dollar store sold pregnancy tests. I did not know that at the time. Yes. Yeah, they're at the checkout counter, girl. Yeah, I had them all lined up on my bathroom counter. I would just go get another one. And- Listen, and when people post the pee stick to the social media, <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I mean, do we really want to see that? You peed on it. You know, I actually feel the same way about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I, not my favorite. I have kept the one from Mm-mm. Caroline. Mm-mm. I kept it. Mm-mm. Rebecca, shame on you. It is a symbol of God's faithfulness to me when I saw. Just like you kept the little belly button. I did keep an umbilical cord. Umbilic- yeah. No, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. I don't think Mary kept it. I don't think she kept the umbilical cord. I don't. I really don't. No, because she was treasuring things in her heart. <laughs> I can't be treasuring them in my hand. Oh, my goodness. Okay, and then Joseph. Like, okay, we've been talking about Mary, but what about Joseph? When did he find out? Like, did the angel talk, told him. I know, but did Mary tell Joseph? <laughs> okay, but this is my thought. Did Mary tell Joseph before she went to visit Elizabeth? Uh-huh. Or did she wait till she came back from Elizabeth uh-huh. to tell Joseph when she was maybe showing a little bit? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to know yet because you can't see anything. I just think if I'm Joseph and the angel visits Mary and doesn't visit me, I'm feeling left out. (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to be part of this scenario, I'm going to need an angel visit too. Yeah. So I'm so like, yes, God, thank you for sending the angel. Yeah. And it does, does it, I don't think it says if it was Gabriel. It just says the angel came to him. Well, and I'm much less worried about Mary in this situation. Like having a girl that's, you know, closer to Mary's age and then having a boy that's a 14 year old like I feel like she would be okay like she would get she would get the message and she'd be like "Ooh, that's a lot but then she's like okay my boy would be like excuse me what <laughs> you know like what do I, I don't even know what to do with this I'm just gonna go back and play video games y'all work it out you yes, know yes that is so true that is so so true okay so let's move on to Luke chapter 2 the birth of Jesus okay I feel like there might need to be some music here just oh, okay when you go back. Okay. okay so it says in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own town and Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So every Christmas book and movie that I have seen shows them arriving late at yeah, night yeah. and her being in labor. Uh-huh. And we got to find a place, uh-huh. hurry quick yeah. to have a baby. Right. But that's not how the scriptures depict it. It actually says in verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Yes. Does that make you feel like there's a sense of urgency? Right. While they were there, the time came. Right. I mean, it's not like hurry up. Yeah. Get some water. Yeah. We're having a baby. Well, and you wonder how long were they there? Like, how long did they plan to be there? 
you know, how long was this census thing going to take? Right, right. And so we don't know. And so just from reading the scripture, it makes me think that there was not a rush. Okay. That they did not arrive in such a hurry that she was about to give birth. And I I have never thought of that before in scripture because I've always just imagined it as like them arriving on that donkey and yeah. having to find a place to have that baby. But we don't know how long they were in Bethlehem before it was time for her to give birth. Yeah. The other thing it says is that there was no place for them in the inn. And so I researched this word inn. And it's, the meaning of it is in or lodging place. It's used three times in the New Testament. And the other two times it's used, it refers to like a guest room. Okay. So somebody's home and uh-huh. then there's a guest room attached to it. And so I don't, I'm interested why the writers translated it in instead of guest room in this instance. Okay. Because in the other two instances, it's translated guest room. And ironically, there's a story in the New Testament about the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Right. And so in the in the Good Samaritan story, it talks about how this kind man that ended up taking this guy, he took him to an inn and actually paid the innkeeper money to care for this man. That's a completely different word. Is it really? It is. Okay. So the word in the Good Samaritan really does refer to like what we, we would think of as a hotel. Sure. Okay. But this particular room really mostly refers to a guest room. Okay. So I thought that was interesting because, again, we automatically assume that they went to like a barn yeah like a stable because there was no room for them in the inn and so I found this really interesting article that just talked about how families lived back then and so families would usually live in a large room and like everything happened in that room they would eat cook sleep do their general living in there but at the end of the room they would have like a lowered portion where they would keep the animals okay so they didn't necessarily have a separate space. I mean, if you were wealthy, you had a separate separate space for animals. But if you didn't, the animals basically lived in the room with you. Huh. And because they lived in the room with you, you had mangers or troughs where the animals would eat in the room with you. Huh. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So there's like a raised family room. Then there's a lower room where the uh, animals stayed with small mangers. They were either carved out of the floor or they might have like a wooden trough that they could bring in and out. But when we look at archaeological evidence from these places, that's what we find that people lived in. Wow. Sometimes they would build onto that family room a guest room or a separate room where you could have people come and stay. Because the other thing we know about this time is that they were very hospitable. Mm. When people came to town, they came to stay with you. And one of the things I thought was so interesting in my research, we're so individualistic in our society now. Like when I travel, I want to have my own space, right, so that I can have my privacy. But if you think about it, the only way that they were connected to outside towns was from visitors that came in. And so when those people would come to visit, it was like... Um, it was like a special occasion because you got to hear stories about other towns, other people, what was happening. What Mm. did you know that I don't know? They weren't watching it on the news every night. No. So you wanted to be in community with these people. You wanted them to come stay with you because it was like your connection to the outside world. Yeah. And a little entertainment, a little mixed things up. What y'all entertainment? What's popping off over in Nazareth? Right. Yeah. So when people came to visit, it was exciting. It was like, yes, come and stay with me. I want to hear what's going on. Usually it was family members from other places too. So you wanted to hear about family and what was happening in their lives. And so it wasn't so individualistic that people just went off by themselves to have privacy. Okay. I think privacy is a very modern Oh thing. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, and very American. Very American. They yes. just didn't have this kind of prophecy. And so when we look at these stories, we think, you know what? When they went into that town, surely Joseph had family 
it was where he was from. It was yeah. where his line was from. So he had people that he knew there. We know that um, Mary went to visit Elizabeth and Zachariah that lived outside of Bethlehem in the hill country, but they didn't go stay with them. So it was something in this town. And so when we think about it, it really could have been very likely that they stayed with people because maybe the guest room of this house was already full. There were already people staying in it. So they stayed in the family room with the animals mm. where this these people were. Okay. Which makes me think that maybe she wasn't alone when she actually birthed baby Jesus. Right. There were people around. Yeah. Which I love. Yes. I don't want her to be alone. No, because surely, you know, because you really start to think all that through. Like, Joseph doesn't know how to birth a baby. Like, is he cutting the umbilical cord? Is he taking care of the afterbirth? Like, oh, surely. See, now you had to go there. You had to go. I'm so sorry, y'all. She had to go there. She did. Mm-hmm. You know they fed that afterbirth to those Stop animals. It. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, moving on. You know, I call the afterbirth a meat balloon. (laughs) You just keep going. You just keep adding to it. This is like the story with Precious Caroline in the airport where you're giving her a little bottom like 14 different descriptors. Now I'm going to have to include this in the show notes. The meat balloon. Oh, my goodness gracious. It was probably good food for those animals. I know, it probably was. Extra boost, yeah. Listen, God thought it all through when he came up with this, right? He knew what he was doing. Yes, but let me tell you, I mean, I just think it's good for us to stop down and think about this because when you look at, like, your, you know, your children's Bibles or the coloring pages, all you see, I mean, every nativity scene, there's no doula in the nativity mm-mm, scene. Mm-mm. There's not some old grandma and an aunt and everybody ready with their, like, water and they're delivering the baby. Right. Nobody it's just Mary and Joseph and this baby. Yes, yes, you know? yes. And we got to think about that. Like, the shepherd was not delivering the baby, you know? Mm-hmm. He's covered in sheep poop. That's right. He shows up after it has happened. Yes. You know? I mean, for me, as a woman that's had a baby, it makes me feel so much better that there would have been people with her, yes. somebody to hold her hand, yeah. somebody that was a mom already that knew what to expect. Yeah. Like, yes, please let there have been somebody there to love on her as she's having this baby. Well, and it shows community, which is also part of God's plan. Yes, yes. So I'm just saying it could be possible that she was not alone, that there were people around, that they potentially were in a large family room with animals right there. And when you're thinking about where to put a baby, I mean, why not put him in the manger? It's perfect little crib. It's already got hay. It's soft. Wrap that baby up and lay it down to sleep. It just makes sense. Back in the day, they put babies in drawers. Listen, I told Greg if we ever had a fourth kid, we were not buying a crib. We were putting it in a drawer. Yeah. It can work. (laughs) Seriously, once you've had a couple, then you have that third one. You're like, oh, okay, I can see how they would just like, you're just going to, we're just going to fold you in mm-hmm, to the, mm-hmm. we don't have place for all this no. accoutrement anymore, you know, like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what did you just say? Is that a word? It's a French word, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Just I mean, go- it kind of makes me love you because I'm like, wow, she knows French too. I'm going to have to look that up for the show notes. Okay. Okay, so then this is what I think is also fascinating about the story. So then we have the whole part with the shepherds where the angels are in the sky singing and the shepherds, and they're like, he's been born today, the Savior of the world. And it says that they told them that the way that they would know that it was the Savior was that it would be a baby lying in a manger. Mm. They did not say in a barn or a stable. Yeah. They didn't. We always picture a dang barn. Even my nativity, you know, set is a like a barn. A creche, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so think about, you've got these shepherds in the hills. And I, again, I just, in my little perfect mind, think... 
they just knew exactly where to go. Like it was probably the first place they stopped. <laughs> what if it wasn't? Oh my what goodness, if right? They went what if they're like door to door? Y'all got that baby? <laughs> Do you have a baby? Where's it laying? Oh, not the manger. That's not the one. Moving on. Like, surely they had to look a little bit. Don't you think they had to search? Oh, that is so funny. And they got all these sheep behind them bleating. But I don't <laughs> think they brought the sheep. I think they left the sheep in the hills. The sheep are in the nativity scene and my little thing sitting in my Because they're kitchen. already in that person's house, remember? Okay. The donkey and the sheep are in the house with the family. Yeah. It's cold outside. Well, I don't know if it's cold outside. Anyway, I just wonder if they had to actually search a little bit for a baby in a manger. That is so funny. Well, listen, I mean, maybe God guided them. I I'm sure know. he did. Yes. Okay. Again, the Lord is at work <laughs> here. Yes, I'm sure he did. I just, the, the angel says you'll find it and you'll know when it's a baby lying in a manger. Yeah. And then the other thing that I read was, let's say that they were in a barn all by themselves having this baby. They said if the shepherds had come to visit them and figured out that this sweet teenage couple is all by themselves, they would not have left them there. Yeah. They would not have said, good to see you. Yeah. We're going back to the hills. Yeah. They would have been like, come on, we're going to go find you a proper place to stay because you just had a baby. Well, and I'm thinking... You know, this, you know, Middle Eastern type community, they all know what's going on with each other. If there was a baby born that night, probably everybody knows. So when those shepherds come into the area, they're like, hey, where was the baby born? And everybody knows where the baby was born. Yes. You know? Yes. It's something to celebrate. Yes. And for Mary, just the different parts of the the birth of Christ that are so special to me that just stand out to me is that number one, I just have to believe that Joseph was just the kindest, most loving man to take on this huge task of bringing this woman all the way to Bethlehem to have a baby that was his wife, but he hadn't known her, right? Yeah. And he is delivering the Son of God. Uh I mean, oh, just the heaviness of that. I just have to believe that he was the kindest, most humblest, loving man ever. I love you, Joseph, in heaven. I'm going to hug you one day, too. It warms my heart to think that maybe she wasn't all alone, that maybe there were other people there to hold her hand and encourage her and tell her to push, right? All that stuff. I just love that. And then the shepherds. I think it's so special. Just like all of us when we had a baby, we were so excited to show that baby off that these shepherds came in excited. They had just literally had a worship session with God. Yes. And they're going to come see this baby that had been prophesied. They were thrilled to meet this baby. What a special moment for Mary to feel like they are celebrating my son. Yes. And then it says that she pondered it all up in her heart. And I do believe from scripture, the one thing we know about Mary is that she was a thinker. Yeah. That she took in all this stuff and she pondered it and she treasured it and she held it close. And God had given her this great task. But throughout, he also showed her that he was equipping her for every single thing he was asking. And then he was providing community people around her constantly to lift her up and hold her close in this moment of of such heaviness but such glory. Well, and it must have been so reassuring for her to see God's promises fulfilled just as he said they would be. You know, I think there's the song, Mary, Did You Know? And it's like, you know, did you know that all the... Yes, she knew! (laughs) Yes, she knew! They had studied, they knew the scriptures, they knew the prophecy, they knew the baby would be born in Bethlehem. I mean, as they're... Can't you, can you even imagine, like, when they know they have to go to the census and they find out they have to go to Bethlehem, I wonder if Mary and Joseph look at each other and they're like... high (laughs) five. This is it! Yes! (laughs) 
that's where the baby's gonna be born yes we knew we knew it would be and look what god's doing he's making us go there you know and i don't know i just i i think she knew i think she knew i think she got it i think um you have to know that God took care of her. Oh, yes. That he was near, that he comforted her, that Joseph, who had to have been so scared that God was near yes. and helped him and provided for him and strengthened him and made him gracious toward her. Yes, and, yes. You know, I just, and I can see that, that it's so beautiful when God tells you something, a direction to walk in or a way to go, and you go, are you sure? Mm-hmm. How's this going to work? Mm-hmm. But then you say, you know, God, as you say, may it just be so, because that's what I want is your way. And then you get to watch him do it. And there are days when I feel like I'm just walking around in the promises of God. And I just go, oh, you said it and you did it, yes. you know? Yes. And here I am rejoicing because you did it because you are faithful. Yes. And it's so precious for us as mamas because I feel like we can relate so well with Mary to know some of the things that she worried about or feared or celebrated. And we can do that as well in our own life, just like yeah. you said, that as we come upon um, Christmas Day, when we celebrate the birth of Christ, that we can do just what you said, Kate. We are walking in the promises of God. We are seeing his glory displayed in our very lives every single day. And we can give him glory and praise and also trust that he is going to give us exactly what we need for every moment that he calls us to because he is the remarkable God. That's right. Thank you, moms, for joining us today. We're so glad you were here. We hope it was fun. We hope it gave you some stuff to think about. And continue to follow us on social media as the Christmas showdown continues. Yes, and the fun the fun results of the Christmas showdown. So maybe the elf fail wasn't so bad after no, all. No, it's going to be fun for everyone. That's right. Okay, <laughs> join us next time. We love you, moms. Bye. Do you know a mom who needs support and encouragement? Send her the link to the Gather Moms podcast today and connect her to this community. You can also help other moms find this podcast by leaving a rating and review. 